find yourself a group of friends who can sing one song for a long time. That's the secret of melodies. People only sing a song like three times, they never even touch the outside of the outside of it. Only like, even this was just a cute little warm-up, but like, and for those uninitiated among us, we don't want to throw into the deep end. Maybe you, you want to hear other songs, so we have to keep your mind also. But really, if it were up to me, we just pick one song and do it for a thousand hours. Because then it really starts to go and you become one with it. It becomes one with you. Meaning to say that we so often live on the outside of the outside of experiences. And we're not even, we don't even know how to live. We don't even know how to live. And it's crazy because there's not much quality and quantity to some of the Lost Princess readers, which I think is a great many of you. So you know, like, there's the quantity of life and the quality of life. And I think part of the reason that we're so frenetically searching all the time for more is because what we talk do have, we never really tasted. And so in order to have, we need more in quantity, but we keep on skimming over the surface of everything. We never really manage to sink into it, like sink into it. We talk about sinking our teeth into a hamburger. But what about like the hamburger sinking into your soul? You can do both. Like the first bite, let the burger... Because we don't even taste our food. We're not even living... Like a Kodesh Baruch who created the human with awesome capacities for life. Awesome. And um, our, our culture, like, and it's true about secular culture, but I think it's crept in, um, you know, to a decent enough extent. Hey, thanks for coming. To a decent enough extent that, like, we, we don't mamish taste it. You know? Just the privilege of looking another human being in the face really have that. Like, it's not a simple thing. The Naam of the Malach writes in Seto Kata, and it's like a, it seems like I'm a Madriga, but I don't think it is. Uh, not be, meaning I think it's a, it is. It's a very simple Madriga that he says, you look at the, at the, at a face of a person, you see two eyes and a nose. Yudke Vavke. Like the apartment number. Right? That's 26. <laughs> right? Two eyes and a, and a nose is a Vav, six, and two Yuds. Two little. Every human being you look at is already Yudke Vavke. I don't need to know their name. I don't need to know what they did last night. I don't need to know. Is Zelom Hashanah? Hey. Oh my gosh. This is like, if Mashiach doesn't come now, he's missing out. He's. So, what are we talking about? Oh, just looking at a person. Mamish looking at a person. Hashem intends for our life to be so deep, to really be deep. We didn't even talk about Yiddishkeit. I'm not even speaking about Yiddishkeit. I'm just talking about just ki'ilu, just life. There's no such thing as life is Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit is life. Not in like the yeshivish way, like, you know, tire it. Like, I mean, life, all of life, every breath you take is, what else is there? Honestly, what, the, what else is there? Just Hashem, divinity, elokus, breathe it in, every second, like, what, what, what else is it? It's all a mystery. It's all a mystery, you know? So... I'm just going on a bit of a rant, you know. Um, but the main thing is, the main thing is, just like we sing that nigga, and I think some of us may have started to feel it hits different, like the 80th time. It's there's somewhere between like the 79th and the 80th, something happens, and boom, it's it's you're 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 in it. It's through you. It's in you. It's in you. Anyway, so let's do that nigga. No, I'm kidding. That's what we'll do. <laughs>
we'll do another nigga and then we'll talk a little bit more and learn a little bit more. And it's just like, I can't even tell you what I'm feeling in my heart. Just appreciate who you are, people. Appreciate each, I know most of you very well. Appreciate who you are. You're rare yidden, rare. And you must be part of changing the world because the whole world is desperately waiting for you, for your light, your light. And everybody says, no, what do you mean? But I'm not so, uh, I'm not so, I'm not so extraordinary. That's the point. First of all, you are. But the point is, is that this light of Mashiach is the light of the ordinary. We spoke with some of the coverage just walking up the stairs. It's the little people. It's the little stuff. It's the, it's the, it's the giloy that being ordinary is extraordinary. If you know how to live it in an extraordinary way, that's the art of Mashiach. Mashiach is not a fancy, uh, you know, like nobleman riding on a fancy horse. Ani Just the, the ordinary of the ordinary being extraordinarily ordinary. That's the that's the messianic light. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Why should you believe me? It's up to you. But I could just tell you what's in my heart. Let's sing a little bit more.
Everybody knows that Chadash Ben Tuvul B'Chayim Chadim Maisa Gracious. Zisa Ali. 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 Hey, Oh wow, wow, wow! Thanks for coming. I'm a Thanks for We know that whatever this means, God recreates the world each split second, and it's a good to think that and to know that. But maybe there's an even deeper thing. Because everything, everybody knows that Kaddish Baruch doesn't do anything without thinking. Not mindless action. And a Kaddish Baruch doesn't think anything without willing. So it means that no matter how horrible things look in the world, and maybe in the world at large, and maybe the world, the world of Pratis, each of us in our own particular lives, the infinite being with infinite wisdom is consciously willing to bring the world into being each and every split second. That means there's a separate infinite assessment made about each and every split second of life and God wants, he says yes. Okay, the world should continue. It's a wild thing. Sometimes we feel like the world, forget it. It's, it's lost its way. If it lost its way, it would it wouldn't be there. It would it wouldn't be. There would be no world. Here. So it's an incredibly powerful thing to to think about this. The will, the constant conscious will of the divine, to keep the world going, despite it all, because of it all. Some of the most powerful words I think in all of our liturgy we say in Kiddush Friday night. Whoa. Incredibly powerful words. Just to meditate on that. Like as you're saying Kiddush, try to pause if you make Kiddush. The deepest want that all of us have is to be wanted. The deepest, deepest, deepest want that every human being has is to exist. Because it's the fundamental need that every human being has. Because if we don't exist, then nothing else matters. So all we really want is someone to look us in the eyes and say, you, you exist. We need to be seen. The most traumatic effects of neglect on children is this nikuda. They're not, they don't matter. It's like they don't, they don't exist. And, and, and that's true on very, very levels. We just want to be, we want to exist. Like, why is that? It's the, it's the most obvious thing, but it's a super deep thing. Because it's the fundamental need of the human is just to exist. Because if he doesn't exist, then, then there's nothing even to talk about. So all of us want to, we want to exist. And the saddest thing is, is that we spend all of our time thinking about what everybody else thinks about us, when everybody else spends all the time thinking about what we think about them. So you just have a, a whole world of insecure people relying on every, on everybody else for approval when the truth is, and like you get to know this if you hang around the world a little bit. Like all the people you think like, oh my gosh, you respect, like it turns out if you really get to know them that they needed you. <laughs> and, like, and, and this is the way it goes because we're so much more powerful than we think and we're so much more vulnerable than we think. So I say <coughs> enough charades, let's just be both. Why should we keep on pretending? Let's just be radically both. 
radically vulnerable to just come out with it. I need to exist. Get fed. So do I. And let's remember how powerful each other are. Not as some sh like stupid game where it's like all, it's like a bidyevet and it's and it's masked in all this like outside stuff. Let's just be totally straight with each other. I need you to look me in the eyes and tell me that I exist, that I matter, that I matter to you. I have so much I want to say to you, and there's so so little time. And the main thing is the singing. You know that I'm sort of going to be bought. Uh, so I'll say and. And. Um, and. The Maimar Chazal that's been echoing in my mind the most strongly these last hundred plus days is the words, What the heck else is it going to take? Like, what are, what are we waiting? Like, what else is it going to take? For us to mamish, I don't like using terminology because it's very guilt -ridden. Like Wake up! Like, I don't like using the terminology. I think it's it's, it's counterproductive. Not wake up. To mamish be who we really are. So, in light of emesai implies that like there's not going to be that many more opportunities. So then we shouldn't waste time. We shouldn't waste time with, with silly conversations about stupidity. We should think about the tachlis, why we're alive. We should talk to our friends about the tachlis. We should have real conversations. Really get into it. Ask why, question, explore, wonder, think. Extraordinarily experience each moment of life. Because we have to live much more now than we ever did before, not less. Much we have to mamish live fully, fully, fully immerse yourself in the visceral experience of being a person. Whoa. And give the gift of kiyom to others. So you make Kiddush and like it's the best moment of the week. We exist. We matter because the infinite being that could have chosen to bring any combinations of nefesh, ruach, neshama, chai, nechida, of any gilgul, of any code into being, and instead he chose me. He chose my neshama. He wants me. Me. With, and we say it at the, at the end of a week, we schlep into Shabbos with all the mistakes and all the, uh, what we go through today. The piece that Rebbe already wrote in his time, that what a Jew experiences internally could fill a whole book just from one day alone and imagine 100 plus years later. It's, it's wild what we go through. Wild, each and every one of us. I know many of you very well and I know what you guys go through. And some of you really know me very well and I hope that you know what I go through too because I'm, I'm the same, we're all the same. We're mamish all the same. And it's, it's kashema od to be a soul clinging on to that frayed end of the frayed end of the frayed end of the rope at the very end of time. Like the Haley Originer said, like climbing up uh, climbing up a wall of ice, trying to grasp at any 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 little bit of of anything that can keep us going. It's it's so hard in this world. It's so hard. And so you come into Shabbos, Friday night we're coming to Shabbos Say the Baruch Hu, wow. With with everything. You want me. 
Right now I'm in your spotlight. <coughs> so I'll tell you, you can never ever give up. You can never ever give up on yourself. You can never ever give up on the world. Ever. Ever, ever, and ever, ever, never. Because, um, because if you notice that there's an issue that makes you want to give up, the only reason you noticed it is because you're the one that's meant to fix it. So how, how, how counterintuitive would it be? Akadosh Baruch made a problem that you should recognize because you care enough about it, to care enough about it, and then because of that issue you give up? The only reason that you saw the issue is because you're meant to fix it. And we'll sing in a minute. This is what the Ishmael says a couple of parshiyas ago, in the beginning of Barashas, Avram Avinu, Hikers Bayre at the age of three, we know. And the Medrash tells us, what did he see of Bira Dailakas? Saw a palace on fire. It's an incredibly deep Medrash. It means a lot of stuff. And much more than I know. But it, I'm sure it means a lot of things. <coughs> but for sure, one thing the Ishmael says it means is that the, the Medrash says, hits its love Balabira. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hits it means like to look or to, to, to appear, to enlighten, to alight upon. Hits it's a love bal habira. Kodesh Baruch Hu says the Ishbitzer to really say, Hits it's a love bal habira. God appeared to him. God did, what does it mean? God appeared on him? Hits it's a love? On him? God appeared? What does this What does it mean? Says the Ishbitzer. Kodesh Baruch Hu tells Avram Avinu, he says, You think that it's, it's Stam? that you were the one that saw the palace on fire that nobody else recognized, like, oh my gosh, this thing is burning, a bunch of polytheists running around, child sacrificing and doing who knows what, and there's one person with a dream of a united world, there's one, like, you think, you think it's you, Stam, who noticed it? And you're crying out, who's the, who's gonna fix this? Who's the Balabira? HaKadosh Baruch Hu hits it's a love, Balabira, means it's like Hashem gave him smicha, hits it's a love, that he needs to man up and become the Baal Habira. He did a love of Baal Habira. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, it's you. You are it. Don't wait for someone else. And I promise you, because this is a room full of people who care, there's a whole lot of stuff to do in the world. Don't wait for someone else to do it. You do it. You do it. Because what else, what else are we living for? The whole world is desperate for Orthodox Jews to stand up and fix it. The whole entire world. And we get schlepped into stupidities. Think big. Dream big. Be big. And share your dreams with other people who care about this stuff. Because life is far <laughs> too short to waste. Mom is too short to waste. Shreem. Chaim. Chaim.
The words that we sing, the words that we're singing, the deepest thing. For the last 400 years or so, the tzaddikim have been speaking about our time as Ikhlas of the Mashiach. It's an interesting thing because it's part of the Animamids, wherever those came from, based on the Rambam, that we believe that Mashiach is coming every day. But I find it hard to believe that in Poland in the you know the 1400s, they mamish believe like okay this is the end of history, you know like we like we have this sense. Even though the imamish believe that Mashiach is coming tomorrow, they didn't yet talk the language of ikvus of Mashiach. This like okay we're heating up we're getting we're getting there. It's only much more, like a more recent thing, maybe from the time of Ramchal and on. It's interesting to track, like, exactly where it started. Who was the first that identified their period of time? You don't see in the Rishayim talking about their time as Ikhvah said in the Shicha, even the early Achrayim. But the Tzadikim of the last few hundred years, it's become clear to them that it's the home stretch. It's the home stretch. So all the Chavar here, I think, are really well versed and familiar already with Panimiya Satira enough to know that the home stretch is Malchus. The home stretch is Malchus. Malchus is the last link in the chain. Malchus is the Sof Masa. It's the realm of completion. So as we get to the end of history, it's the realm of Malchus. It's the time period of David, Malcolm, Mashiach. David Amalek was not a perfect tzaddik. You know, Chazal tell us called Misha Emer she David Amalek in Alataya. Okay, in Pshuta Shal Mikra, it's not so simple. There are all kinds of ways of understanding what he did, how he did, why he did. But the whole Tehillim is filled with a broken-hearted individual yearning for home. That's the whole Tehillim. That came from somewhere. So if it was on his Madriga, he didn't fit into the same category as those perfect righteous people who always did what was perfect and good and never sinned. And Dabra Melech becomes the model of tshuva for all. The Gemara goes so far as to say that David Melch was compelled from Shemayim to do what he did so that he could then go through a sincere process of tshuva and in the, and in the process teach each and every individual how to do tshuva. And the Gemara says something so radical that's even beyond that, that the whole chet ha'egel happened, needed to happen, so that k'deh lohers tshuva so that a kahila knew how to do tshuva. Wild stuff. Totally wild stuff. So the whole Indian of David Melch is the Indian of the Baal Shuvah. And that's our dar. That is our generation. The way of the Valshemtav is, is it, it, it's not just like the Valshemtav came at a simple level to revitalize Hasidus by singing a lot and stressing the more poetic aspects of our tradition, the more experiential aspects of our tradition. All this is true. It's way more than that. So the Valshemtav is a completely different path. 
it's not stam that he took Yiddishkeit and you know added some color to it. The Baal Shem Tov came to the world to reveal a, a fundamentally new path that is called the path of the Baal Shem. It's a, it's a whole different way to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's a whole different theology, even though it's the same Torah that everybody else has. It's a completely <coughs> different paradigm. It's the non-linear paradigm where I can get from A to B, not by going straight from A to B, but somehow by by from going from A to like D and somehow finding my finding my way back. And maybe that halfway on my way to, to D when I realize like a valve, I'm lost and I'm mamish here and maybe I'm closer to B than anybody that ever walked in the straightest of lines from A to B. Who knows? Neodea. The main thing according to the Balshemtov is sincerity. It's the main thing. So the Baal Shem, Rachman al-Libaboy, did it mean that God wants an inflamed heart full of Islavas and passion? Hashem wants that too, but guess what? Even the person that has Islavas as an ideal isn't mitlahev all the time. It's Yafshar, we're human beings. We have our summers and winters, our days and nights. That's called being a person. So what does it mean, Rachman al-Libaboy? Rahman al-Libaboy means that God wants a sincere human soul striving for more. That's it. The Baal Shem Tov said, if you're sincere, in the Ikvas of the Meshicha, the Dar of, Mesh- of Malchus, the Dar of Davra Melech, the Dar of those who stumble, and there's nobody, I don't, I mean, oops, I can't speak for anybody else. I have not had a perfectly clear path in my spiritual development. And I, and I again, I know enough of you to know, and I know enough about people at this point, as all of us do, that every person here is struggling. And it's totally okay to say that, and it's okay to be, to, it's, it's fine. Like, why can't we just say that? Give up, what a privilege. We're humans, we're not angels. Like, what, what is wrong with this? Like, why can't people just do that? We struggle. Give up, huh? Yeah, ready? One, two, three, we struggle. One, two, three, we struggle! What a privilege. Okay, so now we're starting to be a bit honest. Imagine if the whole Orthodox community and beyond could just meet each other in an open space of honesty instead of games. It's all games. It's all games and it's stupid because it serves nobody. So instead we should just finally be honest with each other. Yeah, we're human. Wow, my gosh. We're humans. And it's a lichat chila. Viharaya, we're here. HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't know who he was creating when he, when he created people with um, where my males, male appendages and, and, and such forth. Right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he had angels who are absolutely perfect and know nothing from anything. Hashem knew exactly what he was doing. So the Dar of Ikvasa the Meshicha means to say that after our sincere striving leads us through murky waters against our greatest and strongest effort to mamish reach Tahara and Kedusha. And we sincerely yearn in that place to be bigger and better. That's the Indian of the Evan Ma'asu Haboyinim. That all the people that are so obsessed with building in a linear way can never understand. We call them the giants in the story of the lost princess. And they tell the Viceroy, you know what you're looking for doesn't exist. Evan ma'aso that the truth is pina. 
And if only our generation could understand that far from being the lowliest and the worst, and you read this Hadaris and Shvachadar, all these terminologies that people use, it's so incredibly like like contrary to the truth. This is the highest dar. I, I'm telling you, never before in Jewish history have Yidin as sweet as us sat before, sat around the table and talked like this. It's true. Look at all the svarim, descriptions of anything that ever happened. There's never been a dar like this with young people seeking like this. This is a anachnu dar v'tsuyan. This is a fantastic generation. Are we perfect? No, but that, again, that's our strength. We say the same thing. That becomes a teres This is it. This is the pinnacle, the zenith, the utmost. What do you mean the utmost? We're not angels yet. That's the point. God wants utmost humans. And in order to be an utmost human, you have to feast your humanity a million times a day. And in that place of humanity, you have to strive with every fiber of your being to mamish reach the highest ideal, even as you know that it's not, not about reaching the ideal, but it's just about the striving. It's this paradoxical place. You have to be very careful to keep everything in right measure. So it has to be sincere. That's the sod of that. Because Chazal already knew that they're going to be clever to try to play a game. That's what Shabbat said did. And the Frankists, what did they do? They knew this sod. They weren't idiots. Big Mikubalim. They knew this secret. But what they misunderstood is that sincerity is the linchpin of the whole thing. Meaning, yes, you're right. Tikkunim need to be made in that place, Tafka. But you can't go into it insincerely and then expect to do a sincere tshuva. I mean, that, that's what Chazal say. A person who says, I'm going to sin, and then I'm going to do tshuva afterwards. Right? Why? Not because the svara is krum, as far as the deepest svara there is. If you look at the whole Ramchal, Adav Amarim, all the deeper svara, this is the so. This is the sod. This is the secret. Right? It's got to come through this. But Ema speaking the other loss is tshuva because tshuva needs sincerity. So the only way to do this process and to be anachnu darmetsiyan is to sincerely strive for perfection and, and not to budge an inch and to mamish do it ada sofa ada tahom with the purest heart and the deepest, sweetest, highest intention. You learn from mistakes. You don't have to look for mistakes to learn from them. Life will give you mistakes. And when we have mistakes, kevalt. Tikunim, chadashim, amitim that no previous generation had because they never went to the places that we go. Not because we look to go there, but because we're humans. And it's 2023. And we're living life right now in, 20, that's right, 2024, even more. We're, we're living life in the, in the, in the Olmec, the, what Rabbi Nachman calls the belly of the Nachash. Like we've, we've gotten to the Shar Hanun, Adatahom, Adatahom. And, and you and me are doing, uh, this is a Giwi R in the middle of the Shar Hanun, where the Yidin and Mitzrayim, if they would have reached Shar Hanun, they couldn't have done it. You and me are in the Shar Hanun, and devout are we doing it. Because some, some Nudnik from London comes for one day and posts on a status that if people want to sing and to hear Chizik should come. And people come. Because there's a there's a yearning, there's a yearning in this dark, a deep yearning. You feel it, I feel it. So we're not perfect, but don't sell yourself short. We're we're mamish on a mission, and it's not despite the imperfection. The the imperfection is the journey. That it's the tikkun. That is the tikkun. What a privilege to be among those who were trusted enough by Hakadosh Baruch Hu to be sincere Yidden, sincere Jews.
Sincere, sincere Jews. Ooh, wow. What a privilege. Okay, it's getting late. We'll do, we'll do, um, yeah? Down a bit. Yeah, oh, the neighbors are. No complaints. No complaints. So let's sing a little bit more gently. Um, and let's do, let's do this one.
I don't, this, it could be that this is a super well-known story. It's not a riot that I never heard of before. I'm not a huge story guy. Um, but, came out every other Sunday, we go to the library in um, Finchley, where is near where we live. And, um, and, and we take out kids' books, and it's like a big thing. Books is very, very big in our house. Really want my, my kids, our kids, to, to, really, to really grow up with literature, very, very important. Language is super important. Expressivity is very important. Reading is very, very, very important, I think. So we, we just spend tons of time reading, reading books and, 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 and learning up. You can learn a lot, even from a simple child's book. There's a lot to analyze, and, and it's, very, it's very special. So, um, so he was super excited because it's a secular library. You've got all these different kinds of you know, Paw Patrol and all these other, you know, <laughs> important things. So there was a Jewish book, and he was talking right. I first thought it was like a Muslim book, because it's like a pretty Muslim-ish, welcome to London, you know, it's like I see more Arabs than you guys do, um, which is it's fine, but that's the Messias. So that they have like a lot of cultural books, and I couldn't believe that there's a a Jewish book. Um, you know, the Jewish books can be more dangerous, like if it's a book about Jews in a secular library, it could be more. <laughs> so I flipped through it quickly. I'm not big on, uh, I'm not big on censorship at all. But certain things are, you know, you have to be careful. <laughs> anyway, so, so it, yeah, it looked fine. And we brought it home and we're reading this book. And again, it sounds like it could be a, a very well-known story. I happen not to have heard it before. And I think it's incredibly deep. Incredibly deep. And the story goes like this. The story goes that this Yosef and, uh, and, and Rachel are married, happily living in the mountains of um, Morocco. Very rugged, Sephardim, living a very, very, very like mountain Jew <coughs> life. Super simple, very poor, very humble. Um, um, you know, just living a simple life. And eventually, they 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 uh, they they start running into financial issues, even on their level. Even on their level, um, they start running into into some issues. And they're trying to figure out how they're going to support themselves. Young couple. And they mamish love each other super, super deeply. Really, really close bond. And they have a cousin who lives in a big city. And they write him a letter. He writes back, happy to offer you guys jobs. Come down. We'll arrange for you an apartment. You'll live on top of the store. Whatever it is, the apartment building. And you'll work for us and everything will be fine. Very successful cousin that he has. So, Yosef and his, and his wife, Rachel, I think we said her name was, but I think that was her name. Um, they go into the city, they move to the city. And the first day that they're there, Rachel's wife is walking in the shuk, buying some bananas and stuff. And she's looking around and she says, oh my gosh, look at all, like, look at all these sophisticated, beautiful women. You know, like they didn't have makeup, they didn't have any, any like fancy dress, like, and she was just looking at all these at all these women and saying, like they're so much more so much more like beautiful than me. And she And meanwhile Yosef was was also trying to run around, pick up some things for their new apartment, the IKEA equivalent in Morocco of the seventeen hundreds, <laughs> buying whatever, you know, whatever they needed. And he's looking at all the men and like it's like wow, like like look at these 
guys, they're really put together. Like a schlepper, tattered clothes, you know. And he also has Halisha Sadas. Anyway, the next morning, they realized that they really had hardly have any furniture. And the uncle said that, he, or the cousin said he was going to hook them up with all kinds of furniture. So they come down to, to him and they say, okay, like we're moving in, but we could really use a cupboard um, to hang our, whatever little clothing they had was draped over some chairs. We could really use a place to hang our clothes. No problem, we'll sort it out. So they, 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 they track down some kind of wardrobe, you know, cupboard type of thing. And um, very beautiful with, with glass doors, something they never saw before. They've never had a place to put their clothes. Now they have big asagas. They're living in an actual apartment and not a tent or whatever it is. And they schlep this whole thing up. They say, no problem. You guys go out, do what you need to do, and we'll take care of it. By the time you're home, you'll have a cupboard. You'll have a place to hang your clothing at night. Is this a famous story? Do you guys know this story? Because I'm, I'm like shocked that I had never heard it before, it, like recently, because it's so good. It's like the best there is. And it's such a deep tyra. It's such a deep lesson. So the, the wife was also still doing some shopping or whatever she was doing, or maybe working, which was the first day. And she comes home at the end of a long day, and she comes home to her apartment. And they had positioned the cupboard like opposite, of, like when you walk in. There's a bit of a hallway. Obviously, it works better with an illustrated book because you can see it visually, and that's part of the joke. But, um, you know, the cupboard is there opposite the door. And she walks in, and she sees a, a woman in her, in her apartment. This stunningly beautiful woman. She can't believe it. Like, one day in the new, in the new city, and, like, this, he's already found someone else? Like... And she had so much Khalisha Sadas because just yesterday she was looking at all the pretty women in the shuk and feeling so ugly. And she says, look at this gorgeous woman. And she's, she can't handle it. She just she doesn't know what to do. And the neighbor sees she's very upset. She tells him what, what she found in the apartment. She runs out and he says, go to the rabbi. You have to go to the rabbi. Because that's where you go to sort, to sort stuff out. So she runs to the rabbi and she tells him the whole story. We just moved here from the mountains and we're living in this new apartment. And I can't believe my husband, this scoundrel, the one day in the new city, the big city, you know, and, and finally as a saga, as a woman or whatever, and I come into my apartment, there's another woman there. And he says, wow, it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing. Meanwhile, while she's at the rabbi, Yosef comes home after a long day of work. And he opens the door to his apartment. He can't wait to, you know, maybe he brought some flowers for his precious wife. And he opens the door and standing in front of him is this handsome you know, built man who just shining with, with such a glow and he goes out of his mind. <coughs> One day in the, in the new city and my wife already found herself a new husband. I look at him, look at how, how, how handsome he looks and, and, and what a terrible thing. So he, he needs to run to the rabbi. So he runs to the rabbi and he tells him the whole story. We just moved here from the mountains and I come home to my apartment and there's another man in my apartment and my wife just exchanged me just like that. I thought we had this deep relationship. What a, what a crazy thing. And now the rabbi is really confused. Like, like, what's going on? So he decides he needs to investigate. So, um, so he you know, hurries up the flights of stairs and he opens the door to the apartment. And lo and behold, his mom is this rabbi standing there in the apartment. And he's looking at this rabbi. And he sees that his face is now shining with the love of Torah. Kach Katuv in the secular book. 
shining with the love of Torah, and he could tell this person's mom is a pious person, and he's so humble to stand in, and he says, who are you? And he sees the man, the rabbi's moving his lips, but he's kavalt, he can't even, he's so high, he can't even hear any words. <laughs> so if you haven't gotten it now, it's a mirror, okay? This, they're all seeing their reflection in the, in the glass of the cover. Do I need to tell you how deep this is? You've got, the, you've got it. It's the deepest thing ever. So the rabbi comes down and he tells them, I don't understand what you came to me for. You already have a rabbi out there. <laughs> <laughs> Built-in rabbi. Started, solve all your issues. And that's the end of the story slash joke slash heartbreaking thing you ever heard in your life. And also the most redemptive. As usually the most heartbreaking things are. What happens in walking together? Ooh. Who's this couple in our house? <laughs> <laughs> With a rabbi. <laughs> Deborah, the sod is kacha. We just do not see ourselves. We do not see ourselves. And I'm, t I'm speaking on a personal, vul very vulnerable level. I don't see myself. I mamish don't believe in, in my value. And I need to come onto it to, to prove that people care and that I matter, and so I do all sorts of shtick. It's deeply ingrained in me that I don't matter, as it is in many of you. And, and many of us in our generation. And we're busy looking at all the other quote-unquote pretty women, handsome men, you know, we're, we're all the other rabbis who are so much smarter and wiser, and it's mamish, it, it, that itself is the deepest Hester, because if we would see ourselves for a second, the way the British ever saw us, for the way the Malshamtav looked at a Jew, the way Rabbi Nachman would have sat opposite you and just like marveled at the wonder that is you, So that's it. That's the only thing I want to give over to you. I have more to say, but it's late. But I, I, just, I, want to, I want to give over to you this. Look at yourself in the mirror. And mamish see yourself. Each one of you is a shining gem. An infinite, infinite gem about whom the Gemara says, about each and every one of you. That means if, not, if there was some kind of horrible catastrophe, that 99.99999% of Jews were wiped away from the way you were the last one, the whole entire world would be mitkayim just for you. That's literally what it means. That means that as Chazal say that without Am Yisrael, the whole world is if you were the only one left, everything would function as it was already functioning, without an ounce of a difference, and it would literally all be dependent on you. And so just the fact that it happens to be that we share that condition with many other hundreds of thousands of Jews doesn't change the fact that it already is tali on you. Ein hadavar talui ela bi. That's it. So Hashem should bless us, Vazos Hashem, to be big and bold and courageous and to give each other what, what we need. Just love. That's it. Just give your friends love. Love them. Look them in the eyes and tell them that you love them. I know it sounds weird, but it's not. It's weirder not to do this than to do this. Because, like, what else are we wasting our time with? Let's just give each other what we need. You know, mamish, have real conversations, real relationships, real moments. Live life fully. Live life more, like, more, like, 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 extraordinarily than ever before. Dafka, because they're trying to take our lives away, chas v'sham. Live it the strongest. Sing a nigan a thousand times. 
taste the sweetness of every Jew, taste the sweetness of every every moment, every breath, every food, every every sunset, every every it's just a blessing. It's just a blessing. And the blessing that I give to you, I'm blessing myself, Hamavarati is Varat, which I think recedes infinitely benefit, whatever. Right? The Kiflik of flying because I need it more than anybody. I know how to say all the right words, but it's a struggle. It's a struggle. So we're all together. Ish. We have, to, we have to hold each other up. And in that schus, we will continue to channel the light of Mashiach, which is a process, not an event. So the R of Mashiach is already in the world. It's already in this room. And we just have to be continue doing exactly what we're doing, which is to do it more extraordinarily. And, um, and then we'll be able to be here forever. Forever and ever and ever. Let's just do one last thing and then we'll go. <laughs>